You're listening to Brave Not Perfect with Reshma Sajani, presented by Anchor and Girls Who Code. Hey, Reshma Sajani here. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Brave Not Perfect, a podcast featuring conversations with brave, not perfect changemakers. This week, I'm talking with Karina Gavargazov, a stylist turned founder and editor-in-chief of Mission Magazine. She's a total badass, and every issue of her magazine is devoted to a powerful cause or charity. Why don't you tell me your name and what you do for our listeners? Yes, my name is Karina Gavargazov, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Mission Magazine. So tell us what Mission Magazine is. Um, it's the first ever fashion philanthropic media brand, um, and it's about raising awareness to social causes, and every six months we shift our attention onto a different cause. That's awesome. And, yeah, it's not a fashion title, and it's not women only. It's because um, the topics we're addressing um, affect every person. I think that a lot of people think that before, like, first of all, people all the time, all the time, like, I have this idea, but I talk myself out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think people think that you have to become an expert in something to know how to do it. And I think you're no. an example that you don't. So t- talk to me about that. I think the biggest thing for me is that I had no idea what the hell was coming because honestly, if I did, I wouldn't have done it. I think naivety has been my biggest strength. I absolutely would not have had the guts to have kept going because it's been incredibly difficult just doing, I mean, I remember having to tackle my first five-year projected P&L. I mean, that was like sitting a physics exam. It was horrible just trying to figure out the math and everything. So um, had I known kind of, and that's what I love about this, the learning has been fantastic and I never thought I was business-minded, but I've really, really thoroughly enjoyed it and learning it as I go along. It's been really, it's been a wild ride, a crazy ride. So I would say to anyone wanting to start something, if if you have that passion and that fire in your belly, just go. You've just got to go. It's not going to, it's not going to stop you. I mean, part of it though, like you said that like, you know, in the process of finding the mag, uh, founding the magazine, you got, you know, you would email thousands of people for interviews mm-hmm. and content. A lot of them would never reply. So you had to, in some ways, get comfortable with rejection. Have you always been comfortable with rejection or is it something that you learned? <laughs> I've always been comfortable with rejection. You have to be in my industry. You have to be as a fashion interest, you know, as a stylist, because you have generally... If you're a freelance stylist, you have an agent that's supposed to get you work the whole time and you're constantly going up against a hundred other people with the same skill set as you, more or less. And you're not always going to get that job. You're always going to, you often get a no. So it doesn't make it any easier when it happens, but it's something that I've, I've, it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't bother me, to be honest, anymore. Is that something your your parents taught you? Like, how do, where do you think that comes from? Because for a lot of for a lot of girls, a lot of women, they really struggle with that. Is you know uh, the rejection piece? Yes, I think it does. It does depend one on your upbringing to not kind of take heed of people around you and other people's opinions, and just to stay focused and true to what you want to do. But also, I think because of um, my friend having cancer was the catalyst to do it starting mission, but it was actually. When we went pub, when I kind of first did an interview talking out loud about this, I really realized it was actually losing my mother and brother within 30 months of each other um, was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So once you have something like that happen, nothing else matters. Nothing, everything else really does pale into significance um, to seeing 
seen death to be, you know, have death stare you in the face um, by our loved one. So, did that happen when you were younger? No, uh, it happened when I was, well, actually, yes, younger, but it was 17 years ago. And that's the reason I moved back to New York second time around now. Was be, I, I, and I've only said this out loud recently, but I just, I, I ran away from London. It was too painful to be in London. It's too, too many memories. So came back to New York, um, where I think a lot of foreigners come just to leave any kind of negative or baggage behind. And I'd already, I'd already, I've always struggled being in the industry because I've, I've never felt I fitted in. And I think because I come from a very working class um, background um, where we had to earn everything, um, nothing was given to us on the plate. And that was down to my parents' upbringing, but also having a handicap. My oldest brother was Down syndrome. So when you have someone with a disability in your, in your family day-to-day life, you are raised differently and you do see things differently. So, yeah, that I think kind of was the backbone of, of dealing with rejection and, and just having that kind of courage to carry on through things. You know, we always say with every kind of bold move, you make a lot of mistakes. And mm-hmm. we have to teach girls that like making mistakes is okay, that being imperfect is okay. You know, how what mistakes have you made? And oh how have you God, seen that-, that kind of idea play out in your project? Well, we've only got 20 minutes, so that... <laughs> There's been a load of mistakes, but I kind of, I don't, I don't see them as mistakes, to be honest with you. I just see them as, um, for me, it's, and I say this, we have like the whole, everything's done out of my living room with five students um, and two volunteers and their age ranges from 19 to 30. Um, and I, I say to them often, you know, we're trying to do something really good here. Um, so the intentions are very pure and honorable. So anything that we do that's a bit of a hiccup or say a traditional mistake I don't see it as that I just think it's a learning curve that it wasn't meant to be like that and we should do it this way and because what we've kind of taken on has never been done before um, there are going to be mistakes I mean one one classic mistake which will stay with me and I'm so glad this happened super early on and um, we had I made a prototype um, to put together so that I could take it to brands and um, I had it properly printed and I had original articles made for this prototype with the intention that we take the articles out and put them into issue one. And one of the pieces was we got an exclusive with Mr. Ralph Lauren, the issue, and we did the layout and the sheet came back. If you're printing a magazine, they'll come back on an enormous sheet. How the pages um, are put together as one, so four pages on one big sheet and it's all white borders around them. So to me, that looks fine. What, I wasn't advised or guided as that those pages are going to obviously be bound tight down a spine. So when I got these 300 prototypes shipped back to my house, um, the feature from Ralph Lauren, Mrs. Lauren was right down the gutter. So the middle of the magazine went right down the middle of her face. And um, I was seeing them in a week's time. And um, I spoke to the printers and I said, no matter how many flowers or candles or how many times I apologize, I can't take this to them. This can't be my first introduction to them. So that was a fantastic learning curve because now we're going to go to print for the second issue, which is environment. And we're aiming to do that come out the end of April. I learned that now that we, I made a list of mistakes or um, hiccups when we were putting this prototype together and just being mindful of your budget and um, your gutter wits and all of this, all technical stuff that I had no idea. Um, so I'm glad we weren't, that didn't happen on the issue we're going to come out with because 
you can't correct print and it would have been an extremely costly error. So I think if you, you know, from those mistakes, you learn from them. And I'm never scared. I, I don't, I'm not scared to ask questions if I don't understand anything either. Um, right. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. No, it's and it's so important. And I think men always feel very comfortable asking questions or asking for clarification. And I think that that's something, you know, that we can learn from that, too, is that we shouldn't be ashamed if we don't know the answer or feel like we're the only one that doesn't understand. So you're fusing kind of media and fashion and important causes together. Like, how do you think that fashion can raise awareness on on, on unimportant issues beyond just like, you know, raising money? Yes. Um, I think, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of specifically designers that are very conscious of some of the topics we're going to be addressing, whether that's sustainability um, or the environment or mental health. And I think it's important for them to have that voice um, and to stand up and and be very vocal about what they care about. Um, Definitely just with that, you know, regardless of the donations, um, I think we want to start doing events where we have, panel discussions where we have fashion people and I don't mean just designers it's from stylists photographers agents all of them to have a voice and have a say and and get behind what they really believe in and it's very I think there's such a um, image that goes with my industry and a lot of people are quite nervous and shy to kind of be the first person to step out of a comfort zone and, and talk and a lot of um the people that we've met, especially for the first issue, had said, like we had Victor de Machelier shoot with us, and he said, you know, this is brilliant. I really, I want to give back, but I didn't know how to. Um, and he said, and this is my way of giving back to you, but also if you want, you know, any time that want to be part of a discussion or be involved in something, you know, I, I'm open to be part of that. So um, we're trying to kind of create something that we can give them a voice as well to a younger generation because for me it's always about I really believe in supporting the younger generation and the underdogs as well anyone that doesn't have a voice but with fashion I think they need to be more vocal and and mean what they say and follow through with what they say um, and just have their conviction to just go off on their own and be open about it and not wait for someone to jump first I, I feel that a lot of um, our industries like sheep, they wait for the first one to kind of have the guts to say something out first and then it'll all follow. So I'm, I'm hoping because of what we've created will inspire people to really get behind their convictions of what they believe in. Mm. So if you're somebody, you know, who's sitting in their comfortable job or their way of life and they're saying, you know, they're, they're, they want to, you know, they want to do what's next. How do, how do they, how do they do that? Oh, um, you know, I think a lot of kind of how I've got where I've got and, and this drive and passion, it comes from um, a personal tragedy. And I just think kind of the people that have helped me along the way or that we've connected to that have really, really got it. I'm sad to say they've had some tragedy in their life and they have empathy. It's really hard to kind of um, convince somebody to make an enormous shift in their life if they haven't had some kind of um, something very impactful or tragic happen to them. Um, and that's just from the experience that I've found the last couple of years of getting a response from people. Um, I think it's, it's just got to be brave. I mean, like you were saying earlier, there's so many people I've met along the way that 
had said they've got these ideas and they want to do this, that and the other, and they've not had the strength to follow through with it. Um, I think it has to be something empathetic that you've you kind of right. something, something major in your life that's happened that's made you seriously question your next career move or your next life. Move. I totally agree with you. I think it's about it creates resiliency too, and and I think tragedy uh, kind of reminds you of your own mortality and that life is short. And like, what do you want to put in this world? Can you just to end? Um, what what would you say is your kind of brave not perfect moment in life? Oh my gosh! Uh, and you can have a lot, but maybe one that you think about. Do you mean in terms of what was my my bravest achievement with? Yeah, or when when did you oh. decide to be brave? Like, you know what I'm saying? When do you feel? When do you feel it was that moment or that thing that happened to you in your life where you're just like, okay, I'm going to stop doing everything I think I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to take I'm going to take a risk. I think it was the day I had the, the idea to do mission. It's the biggest thing I've ever undertaken in my life. Um, and it's scary as hell. Um, I'll be, you know, to be honest, I mean, you know, I, I daily am jumping without a safety net. Um, but I think my friend having her first mastectomy when I was on an advertising job, to me, was the final straw. And I just, and that was a four years ago. And I thought, I cannot do this any longer. I don't want to be, um, to me, it just wasn't, I wasn't getting enough back as a stylist to be on a photo shoot putting clothes on a model to make that particular brand more successful and give them more visibility. It, um, it was a final thing for me. And then having this idea for mission that very early on a Sunday morning, um, to just stop completely. Um, that was, uh, that was the bravest thing I I've done, um, and continue to do. Um, like I said, it comes from, you know, having something traumatic happen that just keeps pushing me. But I have such great people, the youngsters that are working with us day to day that they kind of help absorb the bravery of it all. That's powerful. That's powerful. Well, thank yeah. you so much. This was so great. Um, and I really do look forward to meeting you in person and Definitely. congratulations. This is, it's like, I know it's painful, but like, it's also so like fulfilling. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Brave Not Perfect. Got a question for me? Send us a note at bravenotperfectpodcast at gmail.com or call in directly via the Anchor app on your phone. Every week, I'll answer questions from listeners like you on topics ranging from women in politics, feminism, education policy, and diversity in tech to what it's like running a company or just being a mom. I want to hear from you. Send me your questions. Until next time, this has been an episode of Brave Not Perfect with me, Reshma Sajani. The podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast.